Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. This message is called Arise in Obedience, so be obedient. Just all get to your feet for a second because we're going to pray. There you go. Good little bit of practice there. You guys online, wherever you are, why don't you put your hand on your heart as we pray. Jesus, these are your people in this room and across the world right now. We come around this, your word. Everything we need is here, and so we ask that you give us ears to hear and hearts that are obedient to do everything you speak to us over the next few minutes. And the people that wanted to hear from Jesus said, Amen. Amen. Heard that from all over the world. You can take your seats. Has anyone ever given you some good advice, but you chose to ignore it only to regret it later on? Has that ever happened to anyone? Let's see some honest hands. Put it in the chat. We have just returned from the most amazing once-in-a-lifetime family holiday. My daughter has been away for four years in Australia, and during that time, we missed her 21st birthday and my wife's 50th birthday, and so we decided to go on a great holiday to a place we love. We went to Disney in Orlando for two weeks, and we loved it. All right, do we have any Disney lovers out there? And so we had the most magical holiday and the girls prepared. They got their Disney ears. I think we've got a picture of the first morning when we arrived at the Magic Kingdom of the girls in their Disney ears. You will notice I was not wearing the Disney ears. They were trying the whole time to get me to wear them. The very first ride that we booked was called Splash Mountains. Some of you have been on this ride. And the reason we chose this ride was because 29 years ago on our honeymoon, I'll never forget, late at night, for once there was no crowds. Can you believe Splash Mountain's 29 years old? But we rode this many, many times, just Rachel and I on our honeymoon. So we wanted to take the girls. We told them the story. And so the first ride we went on was Splash Mountain. Now, it was a pretty chilly morning. It was actually raining in Florida. And so when we were lining up for this ride, all the girls had their ears on. I said, girls, you'll have to take your ears off because they'll come off on the ride. We got onto the ride and Rachel and Melody had taken their ears off, but Mercy still had hers on. And the reason for that was she was trying to, she got a poncho on, she didn't want to get wet and she was holding the poncho on with her ears. But I said, Mercy, uh, Mercy, you'll lose your ears, take them off. So we went on the ride, and I'm about to take you on the ride with us. So here's a quick video. Listen carefully to the end. Let's see what happens. Here we go. Hold on. Guess what happened? She lost her ears. Dads, 
you ever felt like, how many times do I have to tell you? Why don't you listen to me? But at a deeper level, it's a dad who loves his girls deeply. I'm thinking the main reason I told you was because I love you. I've been here before. I could see what was going to happen. And I only want what's best for you. Question. If you ever lost your ears? How many times has the Father in heaven looked down, knowing what was going to happen? It's like, don't you realize? I told you not to do it. Not because I want to be a killjoy, but because I love you. I only want what's best for you. St. Augustine, one of my heroes, one of the early church fathers, wrote this. He said, wicked men obey from fear, but good men from love. Because God loves you. God stands on the other side of your obedience. And he sees the blessing and the protection that can be yours if only you'll do what he said. So my first point was this, the other side of obedience. What if we could see what lies on the other side of our obedience is blessing and favor and protection. If only we make sure we don't lose our ears. Because our heavenly father wants the best for us. And we see this thread in scripture that on the other side of obedience is always blessing. Think about this. One scripture that's marked our lives, Rachel and I, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. How many of you have ever moved to a different country? Let me see your hand. When we moved to Australia, God gave us this promise. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family. How many knows that's scary? And go to a land that I will show you. Doesn't even tell him which land. He said, oh, just leave. I'll show you. But it doesn't stop there. What's on the other side of obedience? It says, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. On the other side of your obedience, Abraham, is awaiting blessing and blessing and blessing. Seven different types of blessing. I love that. Remember when we went to Australia, God gave us that promise. And we didn't know where to live. And Pastor John was already there. And he had, had a word with a guy. And... He agreed to put us up, and so we went. He had a beautiful house, three stories. The bottoms, there was a pool in his house. And I thought, this is going to be way out of my league for the rent. Back then, it should have been $320 a week. But he, he said, look, I don't know why, but I feel like I've got to bless you. He says, I'm going to give you it for 160 It was half price. And I said to him, before God sent us here, he said this. God gave me and Rachel promise, I'll bless those who bless you. So, so you've blessed us, so right now I'm going to pray that God will bless you. On the day we left his house, one year later, he gave a list of all the things that were missing that we had to fix up. I blame Rachel for that, but no. But as we walked out of his door, he said, Steve, I've got to tell you, you've been a real blessing to us. And he said, since you've been in my house for one year, my business has trebled. I will bless those 
who bless you. You know, the amazing thing is that I didn't have the power to bless him financially to that degree, but God does. The other side of obedience is blessing. uh, Not Genesis, Deuteronomy 28. God gathers the people. He performs a marriage covenant with Israel. It's called a covenant. And after they agree to the terms of the covenant, he says this, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all the commandments which I command you today. So that's the terms, be obedient. Now he's saying, here's what's on the other side of your obedience. He says, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Listen to this. Blessed shall you be in the city. Who lives in Norwich? Give me a wave. You're gonna be blessed. Who lives in the country? Give me a wave. All right, it says, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, that's the fields, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you be when you come in and when you go out. God said, hey, people, if you'll just listen to me and serve me on the other side of your obedience is blessing and favor and provision. Well, I thought you'd be excited about that. The other side of obedience. As long as you don't lose your ears. Thank you. When we were away, Pastor John preached a great message. I was in Orlando. I was in the gym on the cycle listening to you guys here. And he said what I thought was a great thought. He was talking about tithing, which can be a controversial subject. If you're new to church, you're thinking, or you're online, think, what's tithing? Tithing is when you give 10% of what God gives you. You give it back to him. And Pastor John said this statement that really got my attention. I hadn't heard this before. He said, tithing isn't a generosity issue. It's an obedience issue. I thought, that's interesting. And of course, let's look at the scripture, Malachi 3, 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. Whoa, God's saying, you've robbed me? And we say, in what ways could we possibly rob God? And God says, in tithes and offerings. Now, normally, if I preach on tithing, I would bring a pizza, and I would give someone a pizza. There you go. You haven't earned it. I've just given it to you because I really love you. I'm going to give this to you on the condition that you give 10%. Just give me a slice back. Is that cool? Now, does that seem a fair deal to me? I give you a pizza. You give me a slice. That's tithing. It's giving back to God, 10% of what he first gave you. But he's, he's the awesome thing. It doesn't end there. That's the bit where it's, that's just the obedience. He's given to me, so I give back to him. But it doesn't end there. It goes on in verse 10. Bring all the tithes into my storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me in this. God says, okay, give it a go. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be not room enough 
to contain it because it was never designed to be contained. God wants to get it to you so he can get it through you. Not only will he give you the pizza, he'll give you a buffet of blessing if you'll simply be obedient in your slice. Then it says this, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. It's just a Bible, it's not me, it's just a Bible. Sometimes I think we have no idea how many times God rebukes the devourer for our sake. God is doing things behind the scenes to protect you. You don't even know. I once talked to Dennis Smith about a, a month ago, and he was in tears when he thought about how God had protected him. So if you're watching online, Dennis, that encouraged me. And you don't usually see what God rebukes on your behalf, but every now and again you do. Remember one day I did. I was working for the YMCA. I don't know where Susie is, but she was working with me at that time, and we needed to employ another worker locally in one of the schools. And so we advertised, it was gov a government funded post. So we put out the advert and 30 people applied. And one of the guys, for you guys watching online that applied was unbelievably qualified, unbelievably experienced and everything from his CV said, you got to employ this guy, he's a standout. But I had my ears on. And God said, whatever you do, don't even interview him. Now, I was conflicted because under equal opportunities and HR law, I was required because it was a government-funded post to interview. So I went to my boss, John Drake, passed the buck. John's a wise, wise man. Explained the situation. He said, Steve, has God spoken to you? I said, yes. He said, then don't interview him. So I didn't. About four months later, I was at a charity event in the city and actually bumped into this guy. He'd actually got a job for another charity. He was leading a different charity in the city. So I felt better. I felt as if, well, at least he got a job. Four months after that, reading the Norwich Evening News, and there was a headline. And the headline said this, pedophile working for charity jailed. And the penny dropped. That's why God said, don't go near him. Could have destroyed our work. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'll open the windows of heaven. On the other side of your obedience, it's a loving father. Just take the ears off. It's for your own good. I'm trying to protect you. Who's grateful that God is on our side. Don't lose your ears, friend. Listen to whatever he tells you. So I thought about calling this message The Other Side of Obedience. Thought that would be a good title. Anyone like that title? Come on, let us know in the comments. But I thought it would be good. But then, thought about how in Scripture, how many of you know there's different threads that make up a pattern? And some of you may be thinking, Steve, that's all right for you to say, just obey God and you'll be blessed and favor. Truth is my life right now, there are some struggles, there's some pain and I feel as if I've been obedient to God and I don't understand why this isn't working. Does obedience always lead to blessing? 
And so I decided to look at what the Bible says about obedience, and I thought, where should I start? I know, well, well, why not start with Jesus? How many think that's a good place to start? It's like Sunday school, isn't it? Start with Jesus. So when I did a search, came up with Hebrews 5.8. It says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Suffered. He was perfectly obedient, yet he suffered. So it's possible to live an obedient life and still suffer. Is it? Absolutely. And the problem isn't necessarily with you or your level of obedience. In fact, sometimes obedience can lead you into more suffering. Look at the scripture, Philippians 2, 5 to 10. Come on, give me a smile. Don't get too serious. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I love this little bit. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. When you rob someone, you take something that doesn't belong to you. Jesus didn't, it wasn't robbery for him to consider himself equal with God. Shall I tell you why? Because he was God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So Jesus was always God. Yes, he was born as a human in Bethlehem, but he existed before the world began as the second person of the Trinity. He always was God. So I picture this scripture. I picture it. There's Jesus as God in heaven, and then I kind of see a ladder from heaven to earth with seven steps. And here are the seven steps that Jesus took in his obedience. It says this, he made himself of no reputation. We hate it when our reputation is attacked, don't we? Someone attacks you online, you want to defend yourself. But Jesus chose to make himself of no reputation. It says he took the form of a bond servant. In Greek, it's doulos, means slave. He was willing to become a slave, to serve others. I mean, he's God. It says he, he cut, he's coming in the likeness of men. God became a man. C.S. Lewis said, for our tiny minds to understand this, it would be like you choosing to be a slug. For God to become a man. Being found in appearance as a man didn't come as a Caesar didn't come as a power-hungry Putin. It says he humbled himself. Baby in a manger. To an unmarried teenager. And he became obedient. Obedient to the point of death. See, every obedience has a point. You'll go so far, but the point to which Jesus was willing to go was death, step seven, even the death of the cross, stripped and scourged and destroyed, obedient to the point of death. 
Now, yes, the scripture ends with, therefore God exalted him and gave him the name. And I love that because always on the other side of obedience, eventually you step into the blessing and the favor and the influence of God, but you don't always get there without a bit of suffering. The seven steps, obedient to the point of death. Question, what's your point of obedience? You guys online. What's your point? How far will you go in obedience to God? We'll go so far. When it comes to giving, I'll give when I get a bonus. I'll give when the church advertises a cause that I connect with. I'll give if there's plenty in my bank account, then I'll give. Can I suggest that often our obedience is to the point of convenience? So point number two, Always remember that Christian life is about obedience, not convenience. Going back to Jesus, and I hope you still love me online. John 8, 28 says, Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you'll know that I'm He, and I do nothing of myself. I'm not just going about doing my own thing. He says, I only do what the Father taught me. I speak these things. In other words, I've got my ears on. And you'll know that he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. What a way to live your life. If you want to live a Christian life, be like Christ. Do what pleases him. What pleases the Father? Speak what pleases him. When people make a decision, we give them two bits of advice at the end of the service. If you want to get right with God at the end of the service, we'll give you an opportunity. It's the greatest thing we'll do. We'll give you a couple of bits of advice. Number one, read the Bible. And number two, come back to church. Why? Because when I first became a Christian, I read this verse, Hebrews 10, 25. It says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. God's word says, keep meeting together. It's not just about when you feel like it. It's about what other people need. We meet together so we can encourage one another, build each other up. There are some people at this church, when you turn up, I get blessed. When I see Margaret Hussey turn up, she, every time I come to church, she's here. I get blessed because if she can keep going after losing David, then we can all keep going, can't we? And I learned as a, new, as, a, as a teenager that Saturday night was our outreach in Hinton. Sunday morning, we were at church. Sunday night, we were at church. Tuesday night, we were at youth group. And Wednesday night, one day, God said to me, I want, to spend every, I want you to spend every Wednesday night studying the Bible. I did it for years. I'm not obedient to the point of convenience. I was obedient to whatever God told me to do. And sometimes I love that we want to make church really friendly and warm and convenient. We try and do everything we can. We adjust the lights so that you can get through quicker. We have Soul Cafe with lattes and we got great, you know, cinnamon buns. But back in the day, we had a plastic cup with Nescafe. We had a few soggy rich tea biscuits. And if you were really quick, you could get yourself a ginger nut and you felt like you'd struck gold. Isn't that right? Remember communion? Remember communion, you had one cup for 200 people and you would pass that one cup and you would physically see floaters in it and yes, they'd wipe the outside but you knew it was coming. But communion was about obedience and not about convenience. 
Let's make sure we're not becoming a convenient Christian. Oh, if I can find a parking spot, if I can get my coffee. No, it's about obedience to God. Do not give up on meeting together. I hope during your COVID season when we stepped off that treadmill of work and stress and reevaluated our priorities, I hope that our priorities still matched up with God's priorities. His house coming. Let's make sure we have our ears on. Elizabeth Elliot, who knew a thing or two about serving God, she lost her husband, Jim Elliot, murdered by Indian tribe in the South American jungles. Elizabeth Elliot wrote this, it is Christ who is to be exalted, not our feelings. We will know him by obedience, not by emotions. Our love will be shown by our obedience and love means following the commands of God. In other words, keep your ears on. And yes, there may be a bit of suffering on this journey. You can have a bit of fun. Give me a bit of permission. Last, last Sunday night we had baptisms. It was amazing. 49 people baptized, wasn't it? Just incredible. And one of the girls that got baptized was Lucy. Are you in the service, Lucy? She's here somewhere. She was earlier. She leads our host team in the service. She's over there. She's an absolute gem. She's putting her head down. But I did, I did talk to her and she's fine with this. One of the loveliest girls you'll ever meet. And she felt she needed to go through the waters of baptism. She took it seriously. She signed up. And baptizing was myself and James Cowell. Now James is our youth pastor and he is, he's just brilliant, isn't he? he? He's fun, he is a laugh, he is incredibly, loves people, loves the church. And to be fair to James, he took it really seriously. He saw it as a great honor to be with me in the pool and he prepared himself, we trained him, we talked it through. And his first ever baptism happened to be Lucy. Now, some of you know what's coming next. I've got a video which showed what happened when James Cowell did his first baptism. I mean, what do you say? I look at it from Lucy's perspective. You've been obedient to the Lord. You've gone down in the waters. You're coming up resurrected in newness of life. And what's the first thing you see? You see James Cowell looking down on you. How many know that obedience can lead to a little bit of suffering? But we love them both very much. Let's be obedient and not convenient. One of my heroes is my mom. She's probably watching, doesn't have a clue that I'm going to say this, but my mom was in hospital this week and thanks for everyone who prayed. Thought it might have been a heart or a stroke, but actually it was a good report. But she was in there for 12 hours without being seen. It's a 95-year-old man that was there for 13 hours, wasn't even seen. I think we need to pray for our incredible NHS workers, doctors, nurses, you guys are incredible. If you're an NHS worker or a doctor, stand to your feet. Come on, let's honor, come on, stand up. We wanna honor you for all the work that you are doing under incredible pressure. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, we honor you guys. Thank you. 
under amazing pressure. My mom lost her husband, my dad, a few years ago. And, you know, in her 70s, and those of you that know her know that she's suffered with chronic pain for many years, rheumatoid arthritis. She can these days hardly walk out of the house in a wheelchair when she goes out. And she said, God, what do I do? And God said to her, I want you to start a group for the widows in the church. Now, my mom had every reason not to. It's not convenient to open your house, to set up chairs, to put out the coffee and the tea. She's physically almost incapable of doing it, but she did it, and she's ran this group now for three years. I've got a picture of their Christmas do. This is in my mom's house. That's her with some of the most beautiful widows you'll ever meet. Why did she do it? Because it's not about convenience. It's about obedience. She kept her ears on. So I'd like to honor our group leaders because there are people in our church that every week, Trevor and Joyce have done it for 30 years. They open their homes. So if you're a group leader, come on. Come on, all of you. If you're a group leader, I want you to stand up. Come on, let's honor these people who are obedient to God. Thank you for serving others, hosting others. We love you. All right, guys. Takes a lot. Maybe you've got, there's Dick. Look at Dick in his wheelchair, but he's still loving people. There's every reason for him not to. It's not about convenience. Maybe if you've got your ears on, you're saying, you know, maybe I could do that. Come and see us. We would love for you to be a part of helping people. So when I did this message, remember at the start, I was going to go with the title, The Other Side of Obedience, but it was only one thread. So I then thought about the title, Obedience, Not Convenience, because I think that sticks. Give me a vote. Who thinks the first title is better, The Other Side of Obedience? Just one, great. Who thinks the second one, obedience not connected? Who thinks that one? Yeah, people like that one. But I didn't choose either. Because they are two of the threads, but when I went to scripture, there's actually a third thread that makes up the pattern. You wondering what it is? Online, here it is. John 17, verse four, Jesus said this. He's just about finished on earth. He's about to go back to the Father gathers his disciples and he prays a prayer. And this is a bit of that prayer. He said, I have glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work which you've given me to do. What a great thing to do, to stand before God and say, God, I've finished. I've done what you gave me. I hope we all stand before God and said, God, I had my ears on. But notice how he started. He said, I've glorified you. Can I suggest to you that obedience is not about blessing? It's not about suffering. It's actually about glorifying Him. It's about Him and not us. Obedience is about His glory. We do not exist for our glory, we exist for His. I told you the story before, I won't go into it, of how when I was 15, I heard a preacher called Gary in North Allerton and he preached a story. And I can't remember the message, but I remember the story at the end when he, he talked about a train traveling and it fell down a cliff and it's 
people got thrown out and people were broken and devastating. And amongst them, there was, a, there was a doctor. And back in the day, doctors used to carry bags with their instruments. And the doctor was walking up and down, seeing broken people everywhere. And he'd had a bang on his head. And he was heard saying over and over again, where are my instruments? Because he could have done something to help them. When he told that story, the Holy Spirit penetrated my heart and said, Steve, will you be an instrument that I can use to help people and heal people and reach out to the broken? And at the age of 15, I discovered I didn't exist for me and I made a prayer of commitment. I said, God, from this day forward, I'm yours. I'm an instrument in your hands. And that's what he's called every one of us. To do in Acts 9:15, God said to Ananias, Go, this man, speaking of Paul, is a chosen instrument to proclaim my name. Friend, you are a chosen instrument handcrafted by God to glorify him. Don't lose your ears. Some of you are thinking, I never had any in the first place. And I would never wear those ears. Because that's exactly my thought. I know how this works. Members of our senior leadership team and people like James Cowell had said to my girls, get a picture of your dad with his ears on. I'm like, there is no way I am gonna wear those things because I know what you'll do. You'll send it back. I'll be all over Instagram and I will look an idiot. So there is not a picture of me with ears because most of us don't wanna look stupid. And that's what stops us from doing what God wants us to do. Well, what will he think of me? Some of us need to get our ears on. Stop worrying about how we look. I know, I know, I have weighed up the consequences. I know where it's going. Whatever side you want. I got a conviction in my heart that I am way too old to to spend another year worrying about what people think of me because it's not about me any longer. My life exists for His glory and for His only. What about you? When was the last time you put your ears on? Here's a question. When was the last time you were willing to look stupid so Jesus could look good? when he said, tell that person about me. You could rescue them for eternity, but we don't, because we're worried about what they think of us. It's not about me, it's about his glory. Some of you, you once wore your ears. Maybe you're listening online and you've lost them. After the ride, Splash Mountain. You know how in Disney, most theme parks, you walk out into a little room where they try and get you to spend more money or pay for the picture. The girls had gone through and left and Mercy really wasn't happy. 
these things are $29.99 these years. She'd bought them on the internet and she was gutted. Hers was a designer pair. So I went into um, the girls behind the photo desk and I said, look, here's what happened. It's our first morning. It's a dream holiday. I've been planning this. I haven't seen my daughter for four years. And my daughter lost her ears. I said, I think they might be on the side. Did you see that little path on Splash Mountain? I actually saw them fly off onto the path. I said, I think they're on the path. I said, do you mind if I nip up? I'll just walk up the ride and see if they're there. Of course, they said, I'm sorry, sir. Health and safety. Can't, we'd have to stop the ride. There's just no way. So send us an email at the end of the day. And if it's in lost and found, we'll, we'll send them back to you. It's a girl called Laura at the desk. This is Disney. I said, did she lose her ears? I said, yeah. She pulls out a voucher, writes to the value of $29.99. Says, Give that to your daughter so she can have new ears. So I went out. Mercer was there. I said, Mercer, I've tried. But they said they'd have to stop the ride, so I'm sorry they're gone. And I said, they gave you this so you can pick some new ears, whatever you want. And God is saying to some of you, you've lost your ears. You think you're finished with. But God has got some new ears. He's a father that loves you and he only wants the best. So we've got some new ears. Jonah stuffed up big time. He lost his ears. God said, go to the river. He said, no chance. He went the other way. Ends up in the belly of a whale, gets vomited out. God, by his grace, says, hey, I'm not finished with you. I'm a gracious God. That's the whole message for Nineveh. Here's some new ears. Come on, Jonah, this time, just go to Nineveh. And he does. And the greatest revival in the whole of the Old Testament, a whole city turns to God. Some of you listening to me in this section, in this section, in this section online, God has got some new ears for you. Why don't we all stand for a moment? I want us to prayerfully and carefully consider just a few questions. This is for everyone in the room, everyone watching online. Just going to recap this message in a few questions. Here's the first question. What is the one thing that God is saying to you? If you've got your ears on, what's He speaking to you about? Are you living, question two, are you living at the level of convenience or obedience? Are you willing to step up? Question number three. Is he speaking, not speeding, but is he speaking to you about a specific area? Maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's running a group. Maybe it's doing a marathon. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe it's in your family. If you've got your reason, what's he saying? What's that one thing? And then lastly, this week, church, because not just in church, it's all week. This week. Are you going to keep your ears on? Every morning as you read his word, don't just read it with your eyes. Read it with your ears. So come on, why don't you put your hands right now on your ears. If you're watching at home, I'm going to pray for everyone. Right now, Lord, we put our ears on. Give us ears that hear, that perform their function of hearing your voice. 
Lord, for those that have lost their ears right now as they put them back on, I pray you'd speak to them in the practical areas of their life because on the other side of their obedience is blessing and protection. And so I pray it over every person, over every set of ears. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got one more question. Please don't tune out now. Now is the time to tune in. Friend, God loves you. Maybe you've never had a set of ears. You've never lived as a Christian. You've never made the choice to follow Him and obey Him. This is your moment. We would love nothing more than to lead you to Him. You say, how do we do that? We pray a prayer. It's as simple as that. We pray a prayer that connects you to God. He'll forgive you of your past. He'll give you a relationship today and an eternal future tomorrow. Or maybe you once wore the ears. But if you're honest, you lost them. But you know today, today's the day to get your ears back on and to reconnect with a God, with a Father that loves you and forgives you. I would love to pray a prayer with anyone who says, Steve, would you pray for me there online or here in the building? Maybe it's the first time. Maybe you've drifted away, but you know today is the day to come home. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads and close your eyes, except those of you watching online. And in a moment, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you say, Steve, would you include me in that prayer? All I'm asking you to do is shoot up your hand if you're in the room. If you're online, put something in the chat. Say, I want to pray that prayer. So are you ready all over this room and online? If, you're, if you want to get right with God, if you want to get your ears on, when I count to three, you raise your hands. Are you ready all across this room? God loves you. One, two, three. That's it. Put it up. Obey. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you there, sweetheart. Thank you at the back. Thank you. 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 Wow. Come on. Let's thank God. Isn't that incredible? There were hands all over. And hopefully online as well. Do you mind if we do something different? You don't mind if we do things a bit different, do you? I'm going to ask you to do something to take some courage. Those of you that just raised your hands, I'm going to invite you to come, step out of your seat and come and stand here. I would love to shake you by the hand. One of our team will come and stand behind you and they'll meet you afterwards in the lounge. But we would love to pray this prayer as a whole church with you standing at the front. Are you willing to do that? If you raised your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to pray that prayer, I'm going to ask you to slip out. Come on, he's a lovely lady. Hello, sweetheart. Love you to see. Come on, who will, who will join her? Come on, why don't you come? Come on, mate. Thank you. Team are going to come, stand with you. Thank you, sweetheart. So good to see you over here. Come on, lovely. Come on. Come here. Come over here. Welcome, mate. Welcome. Come over here. Welcome, champ. So good to see you. Come on, let's give it up for these people. Takes a lot of courage. Thank you. You guys online watching on. And this lady here. Beautiful. Thank you for helping them. Thank you, sweetheart. Come on, all across this church and online. 
and especially those of you that came forward. This prayer is going to come up on the screen. Let's all repeat it after me and mean it from your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen. Let me just pray. Let me pray. Jesus, every one of these people is precious to you. Everyone watching online, you see their hearts. And so right now I pray, Lord, that you will restore You will come in. You will help them to know that from this day on, they're going to step into a new life. Yes, there may be some suffering, but there's also going to be incredible blessing. So I speak over them, your protection and your love in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask that those people that have stood with you, we're, we're going to take you after the service into the welcome lounge. I know we've got Bibles. They'll either give you a Bible now or give you one then. And we just want to congratulate you and help you. Come on, let's congratulate these people one more time. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith@soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.